I still might be on a little bit of a Taylor Tatum high on this Monday after how much fun Friday was. And I did celebrate that recruitment, Parker Thune. I don't know if I was the only one that woke up on Saturday morning like, what happened? What happened? We really celebrated the uh, Taylor Tatum commitment on Friday night. That was uh, that was a good time. It was a big win. and um, Cracked a few olipops. Feels like the good vibes are going to continue on into this week, huh? This is the best time for OU football recruiting, the month of July. It's uh, It's been a very, very good month up to this point, and it feels like tomorrow. Eugene Brooks, or as we call him, B.J. Brooks, a uh, decent chance that he's a part of this class. So the fun continues, man. The this, fun looks like it might continue. This class might be huge, Tyler. Like, I, I, it, it's beginning to hit me. Oh, dang. Like, not only is this class going to be really good, it's also going to be really large. And we're talking potentially 28 commits. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's just think about it. And I'll throw another, I'll, I'll throw another rather novel nugget at you right off the top. I think Oklahoma's real close to locking down their second quarterback in this class. That's It definitely looks like they're about to flip another uh, quarterback commit elsewhere, doesn't it? It's feeling real yeah, good. And, 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 and I mean, that? yes, I think you're right about that. I think that you could even extend that, though, into like the overall roster. Like maybe numbers-wise, what it's going to look like your first year in the SEC compared to maybe what it was the first year that this staff took over. I, and I say that really because... Yeah, could this class have 28 members in it? Potentially. But how many walk-ons is it going to have? And we found out about another PWO over the weekend, correct? So a PWO that can play a little bit. What is he? Is he a three-star? I, I think in his profile it says he's a three-star. So this staff is kind of making a habit. I mean, they're not getting seven or eight three-stars as PWOs, but it's at least happened in a couple of cycles now, like, yeah, I just think this overall roster, whether you're scholarship or not, is going to look um, it's going to look really impressive here moving forward. But now, B.J. Brooks tomorrow, four-star offensive lineman. I know he's a three-star on some services, so you know the the jokes uh, happen on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, three-star you. But if you're hung up about the star rating on this kid, I would say go look at the offer list. And I don't know how many of these Parker are committable offers. But the offer list of OU, Texas, Florida State, Georgia, USC, A&M, Oregon, like, this kid's got a really impressive offer list for someone that's listed as a three-star on, what, at least a couple of websites, and I believe a four-star on Rival. So don't let that, don't let that get in the way of this kid having a really nice offer list, and it sounds like he's a good player from out on the West Coast. Yeah, it helps provide some clarity to your offensive line picture as a whole because with Josh Iasosa set to commit on August 14th, you can safely pencil him into Bill Biedenboe's 2024 class alongside uh, Isaiah Alatri and, we assume, B.J. Brooks tomorrow, naturally. And so then at that point, you're really only looking at one more target on the board. And we'll see what happens down the line between Oklahoma and Daniel Locke and Kunmi. Uh, the fast riser out of London, England, six foot five, three hundred pounds, three star kid uh, that they recently offered. But they offered Isosa and Akinkunmi around the same time, so you get the sense it's kind of going to be one or the other. And Isosa seems inclined to jump on that offer pretty soon here. And then, it, it, I mean, your focus turns to Grant Bricks, the top target on your board, I believe. And, and, I, I would have to look at the rankings, but in my mind, this is the top uncommitted offensive lineman and the top overall offensive lineman in the entire country as the Sooners battle down the stretch with Nebraska and Kansas State for his services. And 
Oklahoma does expect Bricks back on campus this weekend Ooh, for the party at the palace. Yeah, party so. at the palace visitor list looking uh, quite nice, including um, one defensive lineman in particular. We'll talk about that later on. I uh, I can't wait, or at least I, I I would love to see the text line the day that OU gets an offensive line commit from London, England. Boy, wouldn't that be a lot of fun. You get, get a three-star from London, England in this class on the offensive line. That could be a uh, pretty fun day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. But now, like, if OU gets B.J. Brooks tomorrow and that's it's an OU in Texas, head up, uh, head up battle is what it sounds like. Yep. This in no way would be the best get of the class or the most excited that you've been about a prospect in the class. But it is a very important get if it happens tomorrow because of where some people are with offensive line recruiting. And maybe everyone's going to judge this class based on whether you get Grant Bricks or not. I mean, he would certainly be the headliner of the class. But getting B.J. Brooks tomorrow, you pair that with Isaiah Autry, I think that's going to calm a lot of people down on what Beatonbow's doing during this recruiting cycle. It'll make people feel a lot better. It ought to, without question. And, you know, I said it a couple weeks back that, we, you know, we didn't know the timeline for B.J. Brooks at the time, but... Uh, one thing I did say was, I'll bet you this guy's one of your next three commits. I'll make another prediction. Uh, after B.J. Brooks pledges tomorrow, we presume at this time, based on the intel, that it's going to be Oklahoma. Uh, post B.J. Brooks, I'll bet one of your next three commits is a quarterback. Ooh, a quarterback flip. They, hey, we are getting. they are getting two quarterbacks in this class. Yes, they are. Uh, that, uh, it doesn't matter how it happens. Or I mean, it is it is happening, man. Like they, what I, I thought after uh, what Samaj Jones commits to Cincinnati. Oh well, it kind of kills that thought, right? No, nope, they go and offer a three star kid. I think it was three star in the state of Florida. Whatever, three or four stars, dual threat player. Um, not sure what the situation on him is, but yeah, now Brandon uh, Zerbrug is how you Brandon Zerbrug, a Northwestern commit. They are getting two quarterbacks in this. There are some, uh, there are definitely some certainties in this class. Having two quarterbacks in it is one of the top certainties that's going to happen. Yeah, Zerbrug's getting to Norman on Thursday, and in talking to a couple sources with uh, intimate knowledge of that recruitment. It sounds like that's going to be over pretty quickly once he gets to town. So, uh, I mean, if you watch the tape on the kid, he's a pretty good player. 6'4", like, 185, I think is the measurables, correct? Yeah, I will say his tape is three-star tape. That is to say it's good. It's not great. It doesn't, it, it doesn't like, jump off the page. That's, it does, it's not eye-popping. But what you do see on tape from Brendan Zerbrug is a lot of qualities that I think lend themselves to uh, – some upside in terms of development once he gets to the, co- the collegiate level. And kind of what I'm getting at is, is he somebody that you would be confident in sliding in your starting lineup day? Like, could he run the offense as a true freshman? No, I don't think so. No. I, I don't think he could be the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma as a true freshman. Fortunately, and he's not going to need to be. No, he's, he's not, not going to need to be. But I think you give this guy two, three years to learn and develop, hit the weight room, sharpen his mechanics. He's got a couple of really valuable tools that could make him a valuable commodity down the line for Oklahoma at the quarterback position. One is the athleticism. And he is not an elite runner like Michael Hawkins, but 
well above average when it comes to mobility. They got he a type run. when it comes to quarterback. Yeah. Doesn't Levy have a type? And and I feel like quarterbacks now just across the board are more dual threats than maybe just straight up pocket passers. I mean, we still have you know pocket passers, but most kids now are pretty dual threat athletes. Whether it's Jackson Arnold or the two that they're probably going to have in this class, yeah, they 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 got a type there. Yeah, so in recruiting I, anyway. You like the athleticism with Zerbrock. I think the other thing you like, and the other thing that stands out to me on tape is he has tremendous pocket awareness. And that's a thing that some quarterbacks just never grasp. Some quarterbacks with a ton of arm talent or an ability to scan the field and make checks to the line of scrimmage before the snap, like guys that see everything, sometimes just don't have that sixth sense that is required to navigate the pocket the way that Brendan Zerbrug does. Seems like he knows exactly when he needs to hang in there, exactly when he needs to scramble, where he needs to scramble to, how to create an escape route for himself. The pocket awareness is one thing to me that when I watch Brendan Zerbrug's tape, I'm like, okay, I, I like that about the kid. Now, the arm talent is middle of the road. There's improvement to be had there, but I think as you sharpen the mechanics and as the kid gets stronger, that's going to come with time. To me, this is the perfect QB2 in this class because – Oklahoma is easily the most prestigious offer he has and or will get, so this is one he's going to be eager to jump on. Uh, Michael Hawkins, given his elite athleticism as a runner uh, and his solidly above-average arm talent, probably not going to be super threatened by this guy, but somebody that you know two or three down the, years down the line, if you need him to be a stopgap, He's more than capable. He's of just another scholarship quarterback that you've already, you know, that you got, that you recruited yourself, right? And that, there's the question on the Kinnipalmeyer Chevrolet text line: Why are they getting two quarterbacks? Well, we could go on for ten minutes about this. Just see OU Texas game last year Bingo. is the reason why they're getting two quarterbacks because you said QB two for Zerbrug just a minute ago, and I think that that's he is just that he is QB two in this class. And we've talked about it before. Why are you getting two quarterbacks? Well, it's not a crazy thought, and I don't think that OU necessarily wants this to be the case, but there's a chance that Michael Hawkins is your backup quarterback next year as a true freshman, your first year in the SEC. And I say that there's a chance that he's your backup quarterback because good chance that Gabriel's gone, right? He'll be able to come back another year, but it kind of feels like this is his last year, then Jackson Arnold's your starter in 2024, and then... We'll see what happens to Booty and Bevel moving forward. I mean, I, d- does Bevel have another year of eligibility after this year? Yes, he does. He does, but I mean, I think the writing's on the wall that neither of those two guys are ever going to start at least meaningful games at OU. So, I don't know. I, I think there's a world where Gabriel's gone, Booty's gone, and Bevel's gone, and then if that is the case, you would have Jackson Arnold and Michael Hawkins as your two scholarship quarterbacks. And OU obviously views that as a potential possibility. So they don't want to have just two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. Even if it's a three-star via recruiting, they, they want to at least have three scholarship QBs on the roster. So it just makes sense. Like I, I didn't think it was going to be a possibility earlier on in this cycle. But when you look at what the numbers could potentially look like, yeah, I, two quarterbacks in this class does make sense because you just don't know what's going to be in the portal. You don't know what you're going to be able to get in the portal when that time comes. And I think it also makes sense to bring in a guy like Zerbrook, who's got to have knowledge, right, that he's not being brought in. Assuming he commits to Oklahoma, he's not the number one option in his own class. Like He's going to have to fight tooth and nail 
for his spot on the depth chart, and nothing's going to be handed to him. In fact, the preferential treatment, if there is such a thing at a place like the University of Oklahoma, is probably going to be given to Michael Hawkins, especially as a legacy gets. So uh, I, I go back to the trawling that the Sooners did in the transfer portal in the spring and summer last year before they brought on Davis Bevel. And they pursued a whole bunch of options. Gary Bohannon, we remember that. Oh, they I got t- ridiculed for saying bring in uh, Gary Bohannon. They tried for Jackson Dart. For him. But at the end of the day, it is difficult these days to bring in a quarterback via the portal who knows he is not the starter. So if you can get a guy like Zerbrug who's got a lot of physical upside and the potential to be somebody that gets developed into a P5 caliber starter in three years or so, and he's willing to come in and ride the pine and is not going to bolt because he has unrealistic expectations of where he's going to land on the depth chart after fall camp, then it makes all the sense in the world. It's a nice little insurance policy is what it is. Exactly. It's a really nice insurance policy. Uh, Jesse in Iowa says, for the next 45 minutes, just spill the beans on Stone and Winery. Leave no beans unspilled. Give the people (laughs) what they want. We never leave beans unspilled on this here uh, recruiting hour. Well, at least we we try not to. Though if you're looking for uh, the the rumors and the scuttlebutt on the whole uh, David Stone uh, Twitter and Instagram drama, um, yeah, those might be be unspilled. Who knows uh, how to unpack that. Uh, Actually, you know what? Say the same thing I said last Monday, Parker, because last Monday everyone was panicking and worried, not everyone, but some, panicking and worried about what David Stone said over the weekend on social media. Hey, he was a big reason why you got four-star defensive lineman Jaden Jackson, Michael Patterson McDonald, his BFF is going to announce on July 31st. Everything around the David Stone recruitment would tell you that OU's in good shape there, guys. Just cho- Just choose it. Choose it. Choose this in your life not to overthink everything the kid puts out on social media. It's a choice, but choose it. The experience will be a whole lot better if you choose to live it that way. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Yeah, a whole lot to get to on social media, and we'll talk some Williams Winery coming up next. Will he be in Norman this weekend for the party at the Palace? We'll tell you that and more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. What up, Ref Army? Listening nationwide on this Monday. As always, we appreciate that. Listening live via the KREF app. Just search KREF in the App Store. Annadale, Virginia is tuned in today. Gulf Shores, Alabama. Texarkana, Texas. Farmington, New Mexico. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Baltimore, Maryland. And we had a submission on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line for Small Town of the Day because Skip Johnson is tweeting out, looky here, basically every single day now. He's hot on the recruiting trail himself. Uh, Commerce, Oklahoma, since that's where Mickey Mantle's from. So hopefully, I'll accept it. Hopefully Skip Johnson got a commit from the next Mickey Mantle or something in this class. That'd be all right. Uh, Ref Army Locator brought to you by k Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC. And in Norman on Main Street, much more than furniture consignment, k is a full design center and will be any local competitor's price on fabrics. All right, real quick, let's go to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and we'll move on to williams Winery. Todd in Midland says, is King Joseph Edwards jerk and change? Yes. Or is OU a legit player for him? Yeah, I saw the top eight that OU was in earlier today and kind of rolled my eyes. Didn't kind of. I did roll my eyes. Much like T.A. Cunningham, 
OU and King Joseph Edwards have not been a thing for like a year. It's for clout. OU in the top eight is for clout. Uh, Cherokee Sooner says, let's rename July Recruit-tober. That's it's it's been a pretty awesome month thus far, Cherokee Sooner. Recruit Recruit Tober is what he wants to uh, rename July. He also says mock Jimbo like Tyler, cover recruiting like Parker, and don't give a crap like Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Drew from Firemount says Parker saw on Twitter that Michael Fasusi, current Louisville Fighting Farmer, class of twenty twenty five, and teammate of Jaden Hardy, is visiting on the 25th. Do you like where we at with where, where we are at with him right now? Uh, yes, I do. I believe Oklahoma leads for Michael Fasusi. That feels it, it's funny right now. That kind of feels like an OU Texas battle. From everything I've been told and across multiple conversations with the kid, OU and Texas appear to be the two schools that he likes the best right now. We're obviously talking about a 2025 kid, so there's a long way to go to the finish line, but. Oklahoma is in a very, very good early position with Fasusi, and one thing I will say about that kid is the ceiling is pretty dang limitless. Herman from Midwest City says, I'm getting gas right across from Bishop Gorman in Vegas. Do I need to go recruit anybody? LOL. Herman, yes. You can always find a D1 player at Bishop Gorman, but I believe in the, I think it's the 25 class, right? They have one five-star offensive lineman and two Four-star offensive line. I, I think um, they're, they're all three twenty-five kids, I think. But lining up this year for Gorman for the next two years, they'll have two four-stars and a five-star on their offensive lineman. Jeez. Go recruit those kids, Herman. I bet they're pretty easy to pick out. From the 909 on the topic of Brendan Zerbrug, why would this kid come to OU when he has no chance to play and can play at Northwestern. Well, I would ask you. He wouldn't want you, to play at Northwestern Have you now. seen any of the headlines that have come out over the last couple of weeks? Dude, at this point, to Northwestern Athletics? At this point, Northwestern might just be like, you know what? We're just not even going to play football this year. I mean, joking, obviously, but it's every single day now something new is coming out. Including and it's always today. a new program, too. Like, it was a volleyball player coming out today and saying, yeah, I got hazed. Yeah. We want to talk about systemic issues within a program. Evidently, Northwestern is patient zero. Zane says, will August be the Normandy evasion for recruiting? Ah, Very nice. nice. Very nice, Zane. Uh, Well, you hope so, right? Because Williams Winery is seemingly five-star defensive lineman going to announce in the month of August. So what do you got? You got Braden Platts at the party at the Palace this weekend. You've got Brendan Zerbrug at the party at the Palace this weekend. Williams Winery? Going to be at the party at the Palace this weekend? He will not be at the party at the Palace. However, he will be at Oklahoma. So he's going to be at Oklahoma tomorrow and Wednesday. And then he'll be off to Oregon. Okay, so we already knew the Oregon visit was going to happen. Yep. You and Brandon kind of have the same opinion here. It's checking a box. All right? It's checking a box that he told them he was going to take the visit, and he's still going to take that visit. Um, It's not nothing, but... Just don't take it as, you know, super serious. Now, I, just, I think common sense, Parker, would tell you that if it's been OU in Georgia or OU in Missouri or whoever, the combination, whatever, if he's taken a visit to Oklahoma this late in the process, and I say this late because it feels like he's going to announce in the next two weeks, that could only mean really good signs for OU. Is that how 
we I mean we all should take it. That is how visit. that is how I see it, Tyler. But Lord knows what's gonna happen is the amount of times the phrase checking a box has been used at this point to describe Williams and Winery's visit to Oregon, here's what's gonna happen. He's going to commit to the Ducks in a couple of weeks. That's not and even funny. Checking a box is going to be the next text line meme for years to come. Checking the box is going to be endorsing the back of the check. That's what it, that's what it's going to mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ohio Sooner asks: Is Nuanary's Oregon visit an official or an unofficial? It's an unofficial. Um, Coy says Northwestern seems to be taking the Wildcats name very seriously. Jesse in Iowa, listen, when has OU fan base ever been one to use common sense? Well, I think that's every fan base in college football. Hey, hey, can I direct your attention to more positivity from the recruiting doomer? Yeah, he's, I mean, it's just a different person. And I, I just don't know how he's to. seen the light, man. I don't know if I like it, to be quite honest with the you. The reformation is complete. But you know what? The recruiting doomer, remember the Monday of uh, Zadavian Sims week? Uh-huh. Super positive, and no, uh-huh. you didn't get Zadavian Sims, so maybe that's why I don't like it. The recruiting doomer says the big thing with the Oregon visit is he moved it from a game day to the 29th. He is ours. The recruiting doomer also says Stone is a sooner. The one that we need to be watching is McKinley and Winery. So just just positivity all over the place from the recruiting doomer, and I'm telling you, it, it makes me it makes me pretty nervous. So okay, so Friday we were you know. Celebrating Taylor Tatum Day. What a day it was. It was great. And then towards the tail end of the show, we start getting the text like, hey, uh, this recruiting guy says it's actually maybe Missouri and Georgia that are fighting this one out. Uh, are those rumors false? Did you find that out over the weekend? Like, what, what's just the, the, the feel with Williams Winery as we are ending the month of July? The feel from where I stand, Tyler, talking to the sources that I've talked with about the recruitment is – Oklahoma leads, and Missouri right now is the primary challenger. Georgia is outside the top two, running third right now. Tennessee is completely out of the picture. And Oregon is the program that's kind of hanging around on the periphery trying to make a last foray to get in good with Nuaneri before he announces. But as of right now, the program I am most worried about the program that I believe has the best chance to ruin Oklahoma's best laid plans in the Nuaneri recruitment is not Georgia and it is not Oregon. It is Missouri. And if it's Oklahoma or Missouri, Tyler, who is it? Well, okay. And I was about to say, I think this is duh, but if it's Missouri, that's really number two, that's best case scenario here because well, one it's Missouri and it's not Georgia, but I don't, I'm just not so sure that Missouri is going to win six games this year. And, you know, it'll be a very exciting day. It, it probably will top Taylor Tatum Day excitement levels if OU gets a commitment from williams Winery. But, you know, you know how it works, man. We'll still get a few texts that say, well, last time I checked, he hasn't signed. Still a long way to go in this recruitment. I will definitely take my chances with Missouri trying to flip a five-star <laughs> defensive lineman than I would Georgia. Because like I said, I'm not even sure Eli Drinkwitz will be the head coach at Missouri come the month of January. Or maybe even December, to be honest with you. When was the last time, and this is a legitimate question, if you know the answer, please, by all means, speak up. But I'm trying to think, when was the last time Oklahoma signed a national top three player. And I like I am of the opinion, whether he ends up at Oklahoma 
or whether he ends up at Missouri or Georgia or Tennessee or wherever. I'm of the opinion that Williams and Winnery will be the number one player in the country by the end of the cycle. When was the last time Oklahoma signed a national top three player? It had to be. It has to be Adrian Peterson, man. Has to be. I mean, I, I they they've signed five stars. Obviously, I just like was Gerald McCoy even right around the top three? I don't think Gerald McCoy was in the top three. He may have been. He in the, was number four. I want to say he was. Oh, he was number four. Okay. Yeah, Jaden Hazelwood was number four too. Okay. He was number four I, I think I think the answer is Adrian Peterson. That, I think that's how far back we have to go. And there's been some really good players and some really good teams since AD signed in what was that, the 2004 recruiting class. But we're talking about, um, yeah, 19 years, essentially. Been a while, man. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since they've done that. Ohio Sooner did say if Mizzou somehow pulls it off, Tyler's hate from Mizzou might exceed Steely's hate from Muleshoe. I it, it may already be there, Ohio Sooner, with all really? due respect. Oh, I can't, you know I can't stand those. I heard this weekend that my hate for Missouri comes out on the air, which I said, great. That's a very nice compliment. I was hoping that it would. Somebody said Caleb Williams was number one. I don't think he was. Well, he was the I number was two number... quarterback behind Vandegrift, right? Well, for a while there. I think he closed the cycle as the number one quarterback. But I'm, I'm fairly certain he was number six in the 24-7 sports composite, which is kind of the metric that we go off of because that takes into account the opinion of the entire industry. Uh, so I want to say Caleb Williams that year was the number one quarterback and number six overall player. Well, just to re- really hammer home the point of how long it's been, can we just say that Adrian Peterson is the answer for now until sure. I go back and do uh, all the research before the show tomorrow or maybe during the break? We'll just, we'll just do it that way. Dave from Mizzou on the text line says that when uh, when every family knows that drink is a dead man walking, and OU will match everyone in NIL. This is not Luther Burden times two. Yeah, you know how I know that Eli Drinkwitz is on the hot seat and that he believes he's on the hot seat? Because he didn't say anything controversial or take a jab at anyone at SEC Media Day last week. He wasn't the normal Eli Drinkwitz that we've heard from in the past. He, he was trying to be on his best behavior and kind of stay in between the lines and not say anything controversial. Drink knows how, how hot his seat is right now. Maybe the hottest in all the SEC. Captain Willard chimed in to say, are we really flipping Doomer? Uh, it's, it's Let's been, effing go. Belly up to the Kool-Aid counter, buddy. It's been the biggest flip of this recruiting cycle thus far, has it not? I think it has. I think it if, has. If Zerbrug flips from Northwestern to Oklahoma this weekend, does that – take the cake or is it still no oh no no the recruiting doomer no to to flip to flip that individual after uh all the text interactions i will say he kind of wanted to flip the week of the zadavian sims announcement if that had gone oklahoma's way he would have flipped much sooner he wants to He, he he's he he wants this to go well and he wants to flip but he just hasn't it just we're we're so close when Arier Stone commits, and I, I think he's all in. Now, Todd Bates' nemesis, that one feels like that, you know what I mean? Gonna that, have to that get Dominic like McKinley that to make one, that That one feels like that one's going to be a whole lot more difficult to get that one. 405-651-3439 is the Knuppelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Yeah, no big deal. Um, OU just got a three-star PWO over the weekend, Jacob Jordan. We'll talk about that. Still a lot of predictions that are out there. USC... Loses a blue-chip linebacker to Notre Dame over the weekend. Not a good four- or five-day run here for the Trojans and Muleshoe out there. Uh, Cruton, more Cruton coming up next right here on The Ref.
Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. I use my uh, commercial break to look back at the Rivals rankings. They go back to 2006 for player ratings. And, yeah, Gerald McCoy was number four in 2006. Jaden Hazelwood was number four in the 2019 class. And I haven't found anyone else that's in the top three. DGB, Doriel Green-Beckham, was number one overall in 2012. So there was some almost on the list. You almost signed a top three player since Adrian Peterson. And I, think I guess AD's he ended up in Oklahoma three. one way or another, sooner or later, even if he never, never played, played it down. It down. <laughs> the greatest scout team in, uh, well, I don't know if it's the greatest scout team in OU football history because there's been some really good scout teams before, especially when they had uh, you know 12 running backs on the roster back in the 70s and 80s. Pretty good scout team, though, when they had, what, Baker Mayfield, DGB and Joe Mixon running scout team in yeah, 2014. Yeah, it was it was it was really good. Uh, okay, South Lake Carroll wide receiver Jacob Jordan. That is a PWO listed as a three star. Um, the staff continues to put a lot in on the uh, the walk on program, and here's a seemingly another nice get for a wide receiver class that's already pretty crowded. Yeah, and the more guys you can get without burning scholarships, I mean, heck, why not? There's absolutely no downside to that plan of attack and you know if you hit on one capable walk on a year shoot the whole thing's worth it if you get a gavin freeman in every single recruiting cycle uh yeah i'll just just leave it at that exactly i'll take that please exactly so and we see one year of gavin freeman thus far and we would say yes to that yeah look the overwhelming odds are that like if you take each individual walk on as an as a case study in and of themselves, odds are that particular walk-on is never going to see meaningful action at Oklahoma. But all the time, you see guys that defy the odds. Drake Stoops, Gavin Freeman, Brian Mead, etc. And so the more preferred walk-ons you can take that don't occupy scholarship spots at the University of Oklahoma... And the more evals you can put on guys who are good enough to go play on scholarship elsewhere, I think of some of the PWOs that OU has gotten in recent memory, not just Gavin Freeman, but a guy like Davion Woolen, who was committed to Army on scholarship. It's worth trawling the waters for players like that who might be on less prestigious scholarships to D1 schools, but who aren't too far removed from Norman geographically and might be willing to bet on themselves and come wear the crimson and cream for the opportunity to play at one of the blue butt institutions in college football. Uh, Okay, some things nationally that happened over the weekends. A guy that we used to talk about a lot, haven't really brought him up all that much because there hasn't been reason to, T.A. Cunningham committed to Penn State. And were there some accounts, Texas accounts, making fun of, oh, OU loses out on another one? Shut up, OU didn't lose out on anything with T.A. Cunningham. He picked Penn State, and OU was in the Final Five, but did he have a committable offer to OU? I don't know. I, if he'd called OU and been like, hey, I want to commit, at a certain point in time, OU would have accepted that commitment. I'm not sure whether that would have been the case at any point in the year of our Lord 2023 because that kid and Oklahoma have long since gone their separate ways. Uh, Clemson uh, beat out Texas for forced or corner Corey and Gibson. That's a nice That's a nice gift for Clemson. Anytime you can get a four-star corner, you take a four-star corner, but that looked uh, – I'd like to be a nice win for Clemson over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Big win for Clemson out of the heart of DFW, too. 
anytime you can pull a kid from that territory, you know, generally that territory is not not completely reserved, but it's it's LSU, A&M, Texas, and Oklahoma that make the most noise in that vicinity. So anytime Clemson can come get a guy like Corian Gibson or Ohio State can come get a guy like Peyton Pierce, it's a statement victory. And then USC lost out on a blue-chip linebacker to Notre Dame over the weekend. Uh, that was a California kid, correct? Yeah, Kingston Villiamu Asa. Yes. I thought it was funny. He was just basically like, yeah, I didn't really want to go to Notre Dame, but then I read a uh, Bible verse and decided I needed to. Yeah, I saw Hayes Fawcett put that one out, and someone had a comment of NIL 316, I, thou shall go whoever drops the largest back, something like that is a pretty funny I, I, comment. I, I, I wish I could give proper credit to whoever tweeted this, but I can't remember who it was. Somebody tweeted, dang, even God knows you don't play for Alex <laughs> Yeah, all right, let's keep it going. Yeah, the USC mule shoe slander. Old Mike Farrell even had an article late last week. Okay, uh, let's not va- Lincoln let, Riley let, overrated. Let's not validate Mike. Farrell. I don't want to validate him either. I would just like to validate uh, how funny I thought that article was. How about that? Eight one three from the state of Florida on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Apparently, Steve Wiltfong said Williams Winery is announcing the second week of August. Why? Does he keep pushing it back? Does he keep pushing it back? He never actually set a date. We, there was just a rumor that it was going to be August 1st. That's all All, that's all, all along, what we've said with Nguyenary is July or August, in all likelihood. All along, that's been the timetable. And again, Nguyenary himself never said, I'm committing on August 1st. That was a ballpark date that was floated by some people close to him that had some validity to it in terms of what Nguyenary was targeting for his decision. But it was never the confirmed, yeah, he's committing on this date uh, type of date. So if it happens on August 7th or around August 7th or sometime in mid-August, is it really all that different than if he commits on August 1st? You're in the middle of a dead period at that point, so it's not as if he's going to be taking additional visits. Uh, Todd Midland says, okay, you say this could be a huge class. We are sitting at 15. I can think of five to six, including Winery, Stone, Smith, uh, Michael, Michael Patterson, McDonald, Isosa Brooks, but who would you guess the others might be, or are you including PWOs also? No, I'm not including PWOs, so let's play it out. You have 15 commits right now. Let's say that Oklahoma gets Nwaneri, Stone, Nigel Smith, Michael Patterson, McDonald, Josh Isosa, and Eugene Brooks, as you mentioned. That takes them up to 20, uh, 21 commits. Excuse me. Throw in Brendan Zerbrug, QB2, Caden Durham, RB3, so that you have twenty three right there. Yep. Michael Boganowski at the safety position. A couple more corners in Eli Bowen and Devin Jordan. Let's throw in an additional defensive lineman. Take your pick between Zena Amozalu and Danny Okoye. And then let's get greedy and say Oklahoma gets Braden Platt. Oh, and I forgot about Grant Bricks. That's what, 27, 28? That's 27, I believe. Um and like we got to remember last year, right? Like what was it, Taylor Heim, who was in? Were, were, were Heim and Wine both late additions to last year's class? Yes. So I, I think there's absolutely a possibility where they throw in a late offer to an in-state kid or a late offer to someone who had really good senior uh, senior film out there. Like the the names that we talk about every single day, yes, on that list. But there's also going to be what. 
two, three, maybe even four names that maybe we even haven't even brought up to this point. They're going to be late ads to the class or late offers. So I Probably think you've got to so. factor that in as well. Yeah, but I think in an ideal world. In an ideal world, you just you get those names that you just mentioned and you're kind of done with things. Yes. Yeah. Somebody in the 501 asked, Parker, what did you think of Ian Boyd calling Kyler Murray the most overrated player in college football history? What an idiot. Can Ian I answer Boyd- for you? Like, well, that's so stupid. Ian Boyd is an absolute moron who should not be taken seriously under any circumstances and who would not even be clever slash funny slash worth reading if what he is doing has been satire all along. Kyler Murray may have had the worst defense in school history. I mean, the, the numbers would probably and Ian back Boyd that said, up. well, Kyler Murray went 2-2 two and two against the ranked teams in 2018. Yeah, he literally willed Oklahoma to the precipice of victory against Texas and then got undone by Mike Stoops' swan song. And then he had to face off with Alabama in the Orange Bowl and put up 34 points in the process. You're telling me it's his fault Oklahoma got into a 28 nothing hole? Just to use the words overrated, you started for one full year and you won the Heisman that same season. It's, it's, it's stupid is, is what that is. That's what that – I'm not telling you he's the greatest quarterback of the past 20 years in college football, but to call him overrated is – yeah, it's, it's really dumb. It's, it's stupid. 405-651-3439, Knipple-Meyer, Chevrolet text line. More of your text and more on a big decision coming up tomorrow. Four-star offensive lineman B.J. Brooks picking between OU and Texas. What's the feel the day before? We'll tell you coming up next right here on The Ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Well, we know that four-star offensive lineman B.J. Brooks is committing tomorrow, but do we know yet a time or how it's going to happen? The we do not. <laughs> we do not. It could, it could be well, he's edit. in California, so I would imagine we'll be on the air before he commits, but we'll see. Do we Nobody know knows exactly for sure. Do we know if it's edit or even live stream? I don't believe it's live streamed. Hmm. Oh, Hayes will he's just a, be dropping an edit tomorrow is what yeah, it sounds he's, like. He's a very quiet kid. Six foot three, 320 pounds, offers from OU, Texas, BYU, Florida State, Georgia, USC, A&M, Oregon, amongst some others. That one is tomorrow between OU and Texas. And, man, I, if you're paying attention to the future cast and the crystal balls and everything else, I is there one prediction that's in for Texas? No. For B.J. Brooks? Oh, yeah, no. I don't, I don't everything think favors was. Oklahoma. Well, maybe um, – Maybe B.J. Brooks saw the stat this weekend about Texas uh, offensive line recruiting. Ooh, That was not great. Man, I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. From 2009 to 2020, Texas signed 17 players who ranked in the top 10 at either offensive tackle or interior offensive line. Good for second most behind Ohio State. So Texas signed 17. Ohio State signed 18 during that time. Texas was 0 for 17 on day one picks, 0 for 17 on players drafted, and eight of those 17 ended up transferring out. Woo! That's bad. I mean, you got to attempt to be that bad developing offensive linemen. That is a, that's impressive. And the most alarming thing about it is it's not one individual or even one staff that's at fault. It's systemic in Texas. They cannot develop elite offensive line recruits. They simply cannot. Well, and I'm led to believe that this Texas offensive line is going to be the best in the conference and one of the best in the country this year. Uh, look, I like Kelvin Banks too, but they couldn't run the ball and have B. John Robinson in there last year. So I'm, I'm waiting to see on that. Yeah. Well, and I, I, 
I will say, I remember talking to a source with knowledge of the situation down at Texas. This is probably 18 months ago, maybe. Right after year one under Sarkeesian. And what that source told me at the time was, man, it's not a new thing. This has been the case at Texas for years, but their strength and conditioning, like the overall, just the solvency of that weight room is atrocious. Like They do not develop their players physically. And really, there, is, there might not be a position where that stuff matters more than the yeah. offensive line. So you're I'm saying so it, their strength and conditioning looked a lot like Tom, uh, Tom Herman with the sledgehammer in the locker room? You remember that video where he tries to take the sledgehammer to the locker and he like gets knocked back? Ah, beautiful. Brilliant. Which, I, it, it says something when you're literally, what, what was it, 0 for 17 on getting – Blue chip offensive line prospects drafted. Drafted. Just drafted, drafted man. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I get that Bill Biedenbow's a stud, but Benny Wiley and the Kettlebells lasted for four years in Norman, Oklahoma, and the Sooners had offensive linemen drafted in that time. So either that says a hell of a lot about Bill Biedenbow as a recruiter, the fact that he was able to recruit more effectively than Benny Wiley could underdevelop, or somehow things in Texas's strength and conditioning program are even worse than they were at Oklahoma during the days of Benny Wiley and the Kettlebell. Party at the Palace coming up this week. Williams Winery will be in this week. Not, not, maybe not at the Party at the Palace, but he'll be in this week. Braden Platt will be in for Party at the Palace. Northwestern quarterback commit Brand, uh, Brendan Zerberg will be in for Party at the Palace. Nigel Smith will not. He'll be at the A&M pool party. Any reason to worry? I'm choosing not to with Nigel Smith. No, that visit's been on tap for quite a while now. It's always been in the plans for Smith, and he's a hefty Oklahoma lean. Everybody in the industry kind of agrees on that point. Yeah, they probably agreed about that for uh, two years or so by now. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.